This is Constance Parng, and you're listening to We're Alive Fancast. Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. So tonight we're interviewing the extremely intelligent and talented Constance Barn, who plays CJ on the audio drama We're Alive. Mick couldn't join us tonight, so you're stuck with me. <laughs> so I figured we'd just start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, so, ah, um, where to begin? So about myself. Well, I'm a um, actress. I'm also a writer. I'm in. A lover of stories, literature, film, and I, um, and aside from that, aside from all that stuff, I guess I'm, what else do I do? I, I love nature. I enjoy camping, and uh, I just came back from Big Sur, where I spent the weekend and enjoyed amazing views. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is that is that what you were? Yeah. yeah I, so, I, I, go ahead. I've seen I've seen that you you've done a lot of theater work in like the New York area. Is that where you're originally from, or well, I saw that you also you took martial arts in Hawaii. Oh well, uh, yes. Well, no, yes and no. Um, yes to <laughs> New York. I did live in New York, um, but I'm originally from outside Chicago. I grew up outside Chicago. Um, I moved to New York to go to NYU, um, and I went to Tisch School of the Arts, and I studied dramatic writing over there. And um, while I was living in New York, I was doing a lot of theater, um, did a lot of off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway, very um, experimental and um, cool stuff. And um, I ended up moving out here uh, a few years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. So I see that you speak several different languages. Yep, I do. I so I'm Chinese, so I grew up speaking Mandarin. I just grew up um, bilingual, and um, I studied French. And I lived in France for uh, about six months during college. So it was actually during that period where I actually became um, my. It was weird because like you know you take French for years and you can't like for the life of you remember like anything, right? And so <laughs> when I was living in France, I made two friends. One. And funny thing was, actually, I made more than two friends. But, but um, I had a French friend, but he insisted on speaking mostly English with me. But I had this Portuguese and Italian friend, and the two of them, like for the two of them, French was already their second language, and they spoke no English whatsoever, <laughs> aside from no, I think, and yes, they could say. So um, that they're the reason I can speak French. <laughs> Because <laughs> so, I was kind of threw you into total immersion. Yeah, I know. Because like I was like, okay, I guess if we want to hang out, I just gotta keep keep talking and keep speaking in a language that you understand. <laughs> so um, there's that, and then I studied Arabic also. So I did like an intensive year. Now it's like I just remember certain phrases and certain sentences, but I used to be able to write, you know, in Arabic and. Oh, wow. But you know, it's like if you don't keep up with it, it's really hard to remember. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, you know, in in War Alive, you seem to be kind of a martial arts oh, that... guru, and uh, you, you use a sword. So, yeah. And I saw, uh, <laughs> I saw that you took uh, Kempo, so I was wondering how much that translated over. Um, well, I I did, but I'm not I'm not a pro. I mean, I've taken classes, and I enjoy it. And I actually learned a lot from, um, you know, I did some shows where I had to do martial arts. So... I'm, I'm decent when it's choreographed, but like, I probably wouldn't be picking a fight with anyone on the street. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, I actually, one of my favorite plays that I did in New York was actually about the life and death of Bruce Lee. And I had to, this really amazing role. Um, I got to play, well, it was a role where I played like 11 or 12 characters. Oh, but wow. Yeah, it was really cool because like each time I came on stage, like a different physicality and different, you know, um, uh, yeah, voice kind of. And um, but the two main people I played was like a female um, alter ego of Bruce Lee, sort of like his yin alter ego, as they would call it. And the other um, character I played was his mistress, uh, Betting Ting Pei. And um, and while we were doing that, because Bruce Lee, you know, he studied uh, Wing Chun and um, Jeet Kune Do, we did some of that, and I got to. Uh, work a lot with one of our uh, fight choreographers and he became a friend of mine so and he was um he was like a four-time national champ um martial arts champ so that was pretty cool so yeah like um through the acting that I've done I got to do that what else did I do that was um yeah so there's a various things that I encounter and through theater that I've gotten to do some martial arts but um I yeah I wish I I wish I could wield a katana the way that CJ does because <laughs> that would that's pretty bad yeah yeah it is yeah it's it's fun I feel like martial arts and dance is like my preferred ways of staying fit because I'm just not a treadmill person I feel like I'm like a hamster you know like just like oh like you're kind of like <laughs> just spinning in place like I feel like it's so much, boring yeah so much a whole like a, a carrot or some treat in front of me and then and I was just joking but like <laughs> when you're doing like something like martial arts or dance it feels like more um more fluid and exciting <laughs> interesting so yeah. yeah the, the only time I've ever enjoyed a treadmill is when there was a TV mounted on the front of it so I could <laughs> kind of zone out. Yeah, right. But then you're just like, well, why don't I just go sit down and watch this? <laughs> you know? this is so like... much less effort. <laughs> yeah. So Mick wanted me to ask you how you and CJ are alike. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny that you're asking me this because there I – okay. I feel like CJ and I have like, I don't know, there's like this, this weird thing has happened. I have We Are Alive dreams. <laughs> I mean, like straight up, like I will wake up in the morning and I'll email Casey. I'm like, I just had another words, We Are Alive dream. And I won't even realize it as I'm dreaming or even when I wake up that it's We Are Alive, but I have this dream and all of these people are counting on me and there are these zombies, you know? and. I'm like packing supplies and there's some kind of like political intrigue going on. I'm trying to figure out who's lying to me, who's not. And like, we have to go back for some people and I'm like, Oh shoot. But if we go back, we might die, you know, and, um, we go back for them anyway. And yeah. And I'm, I'm stabbing. I am like chopping and stabbing violently <laughs> into these zombies in my dream. And it's like, and I wake up and I'm like, Oh wow. That was a really interesting dream. 
Um, and I realized suddenly, I'm like, oh my God, I think I was CJ. In my <laughs> you know, because I'm like telling people what to do and I'm like a leader. And um, so that's been really interesting. And I that's not really happened to me before. Like I have never internalized a character so much that I'm having dreams and I wake up and I don't even realize where it came from, you know? Um, yeah, because before this, I typically didn't have dreams where I was slashing into zombie flesh. So, uh, so you're not a, you're not a violent person. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I generally know I, I generally don't hurt people or um, the undead in my daily life. But um, you know, if necessary, I would. But I think that's where we what we have in common. I think that. Um, could probably go there if you had to yeah no i i definitely i know i would i know i absolutely would go there if i had to and i would not um I, you know i had this i had this question in my head before i remember once i um someone had asked me you know if i was a pacifist or not and would you ever kill someone and it was oh god i'm like a dream person but like we had this conversation the very next night i had a dream in which i i killed someone and i woke up and i realized i would and i wouldn't want to but like yeah if push came to shove and it came it was about survival and you know saving other people's lives as well as my own yes absolutely and i think that um i'm a fairly cautious person and i plan things out and um so i think that that's where we have what we have in common and um, I don't know, I feel like I understand her emotionally, at least. Um, I understand where she's coming from, which makes it really interesting because um, I went on the forum and I'm like reading, and they're like, CJ's such a bitch. Like, <laughs> I hope she dies. I hope zombies eat her and like beat her up or whatever, you know? So, I mean, I, I can't say that I would do exactly what CJ would do and, you know, some of the choices that she made or some of the conversations that she's had, but. But I can relate to where she's coming from, and I understand her. Um, I feel like you know her, what she's thinking and feeling. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I know, I know, Casey tries to take characteristics of the actors and use them with the characters. Yeah. At least, I mean, I've noticed it, especially with uh, with Claire and Alyssa. I mean, it was really apparent, and I yeah. noticed it even in the, in the artwork. It's modeled after you guys. It's yeah. it's your face on the artwork. So. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. You know, sometimes, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I remember um, at the live event, Casey says something like, oh, yeah, the first episode with CJ, I had no idea who, you know, what she was going to be like exactly. And then the second second episode, he like got it. And I meant to ask him if he was like using me, but then I, I was wondering like <laughs> what he was saying about me to make, you know, to write her the way he's writing her. Because, um... Yeah, I mean, I so I, but it's interesting. Yeah, I, I love to actually ask him one day. <laughs> Although I'm like, I'm almost afraid to, yeah, <laughs> find out. <laughs> so, so how did you first find out about the show? Um, you know, as from I didn't know it existed until the audition. Um, so I saw a, a casting call, and it was very mysterious. It was a very mysterious casting call. There wasn't that much information, but I was like, you know what, this sounds interesting, and. Um, because it wasn't, he didn't say what the story was about. It was mostly like a really like two sentences about what the character was like. And I wish I could find it because it was something um, <laughs> not who I thought she was from that character breakdown and who I thought she was in that first episode or even that second episode. It keeps changing. And even now, even though I feel like I've internalized some aspect of CJ, I feel like um, because I don't know what's going to happen, I don't truly know. 
I don't truly know who she is because sometimes there'll be a new, you know, I'll get the script and I'm like, oh, she's going to do this. Oh, I, oh, I get who she is now, you know. Um, so I guess like in the coming episodes, we'll see because um, I feel like my understanding of her keeps evolving as I find out what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, so I found out about the show through the casting call and um and i've been listening to it and i get really attached to characters and i it's a weird thing because i see a lot of the actors in the room um and and i i do think of the characters as them you know because i when i imagine the story because i know what they look like i'm also imagining you know the the actor who plays that character um in the situation um so in a weird way, I feel like I'm close to some of these people that I'm not even like we, we're close. I mean, we talk on set, but like there's like there's a whole level of like closeness that I feel <laughs> to them. That's like and I, I, I suppose that's what the um, listeners probably feel like, too, you know, so except they may or may not have seen us <laughs> in life. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, I've gone out and watched some of the uh, the recordings of the live shows and that kind of thing. So it's, mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see the uh, faces put to the voices. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people are, because uh, some people I didn't record with for a while, so I didn't know what they looked like. And some people I was surprised when I met them, like, oh, that's who you are. And other people, I was like, oh, I knew it. That's you. <laughs> you know, because it's just so, it just makes sense, you know. So, yeah. Cool. So as far as how you guys are alike, you and CJ, how, how do you think you differ? Um, you know, I am, let me say this, um, I'm not afraid of conflict, I'm pretty assertive, so that in that way I am like her. However, um, throughout my life, I've mostly been a mediator between people. <laughs> and so I, I mean, I don't know what's gonna be like from here on out, because where we left off, she's in a brand new situation, but I've, I tend to be empathetic and I tend to be um, trying to find what works for everyone. And I think that she might be going that route because I don't really see how things will work out. I mean, or she will go not go that route and things will just get more and more interesting in that way. But I, you know, throughout my life, I'm a middle child, you know, so um, I'm constantly mediating between my siblings and my parents and my friends. And I, Oh, you know, in high school, I was actually a pure mediator. Like, there was this role where, like, if people have a conflict and they come to a, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm just not the kind of person, like, when, when push comes to shove, like, I will, you know, totally stand up for whatever it is I believe in. But I'm off, most of the time, I'm kind of like, okay, so how can we have this a win-win situation? Okay, so what do you want? Okay, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> how can we make this work, you know? Um, so, yeah, so I think that's that's a little different because she's right now, so far, and maybe throughout the show, she's a lot more like, I have the best idea. I know what I'm talking about. You obviously don't, so you need to listen to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is a great summary. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, she has made mistakes, but, you know, I have to say, you know, in her defense, I think that a lot of times she is making the right call. Like, even though, I mean, I don't know, no spoilers probably, but even though a lot of people might disagree with her last decision, which was emotionally motivated, but there is also a very logical and strategic um, point of view to back that up. Um, And I can go into that if we were allowed to talk about it. But I do do think people are going to see that there is a very um, good reason for that. Um, Strategy-wise, I hope so. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think so, at least, um, from the way I've broken it down. Yeah. I think, you know, just to kind of talk about the show a little bit, I think that 
having two areas of control is going to give them an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, she has created a very amazing place prior and to leave it completely untended. I mean, that could be ransacked by the Maulers mm -hmm. and there's a lot of ammo and, um, you know, a lot of equipment there that could be utilized, you know, for the colony. And, you know, I don't know, I wonder what uh, Casey was thinking, but in my head, I was thinking that no matter what, one or the other of the two characters who went back had to go back um, because they're, I mean, I, don't, I didn't think they were both going back, but I thought one or the other, you know, before this all went down, I thought one of, one of them was going to go back because how else, who else would know how to get into that place, you know? <laughs> right. So, and, you know, they need the stuff. And I, and story-wise, it, it gives um, it gives the story a place to go, either for more trouble or for people to save them. Because, for example, um, Michael and the crew at Fort or Irwin, like, had they not been there and had everyone been at the colony, no one would have been able to save them, for example. Um, so, but so, yeah, I think she's, you know... I guess I identify with her because I'm also an emotional person and I can be pretty headstrong, but I, um, I don't think I'm as arrogant as her. <laughs> no. and I don't, you, don't, you don't come across as... <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, I don't want to judge her because I mean, I don't, as an actress, I try not to judge my characters, period, you know, so like I, it is what it is and they think what they think and, and so far she's been right, mostly. But I think that she has a certain confidence, and some people might think of it as arrogance, but for the most part, you know, it's a, it's a, how do you say, it? it's it's deserved, you know, it's, um, she is actually pretty intelligent, and she does know what she's doing. Um, yeah, yeah, so, here you go. Cool. I okay, in your uh, bio, and we'll just kind of, we're going to switch topics for a second. Mm -hmm. In your bio, it says that you're playing Mrs. Red in the upcoming Mrs. Red. Oh yeah, it's like um, it's a short film that's sort of an homage to kind of um, Sin City. It's a film noir um, piece, so that's it's really cool. And uh, they're gonna have I'm Mrs. Red, and guess what? I wear red, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like it's all black and white except for my red dress and my red lipstick. So it's it's pretty cool looking, and so that's in post production. And I've um, recently was in a Ovation recommended play here in LA called Sweet Karma, and that was really cool. It was actually about the um, Cambodian Holocaust, and it was it was it's a really interesting play because it was a nice mix of um, humor and um, tragedy, which is actually you know I wanted to bring this back to We Are Alive. Um, I'm so happy to be a part of this project. I absolutely love. Um, I just love the story. I love uh, what Casey is doing. I think it's incredibly. Um, well written and very interesting and it's rare it's very rare for me to get such a complex character um, I think in general you know um, you know I, I, I you know I mean some people might not agree but if you look at it in general uh, there are far more complex male characters in most cinema or you know TV or whatever it is than get female so that in itself is a treat and on top of that as an Asian American actress it's also rare to have um, such a complex character and I know that's changing there's you know there's a lot more of it now but I'm so grateful to have that for that that um, for those reasons and on top of that it's just um, yeah I guess I haven't played a character <laughs> that I thought was so kind of melded into my personality a little bit um, in certain ways or I can't say really my you know it's weird it's not my 
normal personality, CJ, but it's a part of me. It's it's a part of my subconscious. It's part of like my, I don't know, psyche and some somewhere inside of me. You know, um, some some parts more obviously than others, but um, and that's really cool because um, you you have someone who's who's um, getting a glimpse into whatever I'm I am bringing to the character and working with that, and so and then uh, and then like I just. I'm just amazed at how well the plot is, you know, un unfolds, and you know he has just amazing character development. Like every single character um, has like an arc and is changing, and um, and and it surprises me because there are times like you know from from the episode one to now, like I think about how much some of the characters have changed, like such as Pegs, you know, who's who's so different than, well, I mean, I guess no one's, no one's pulled the entire 180, but they've definitely e evolved. And I also like that he's not afraid of just, I don't know, telling the story the way he, way he wants it without worrying about whether or not, I'm actually, I don't know if he's worried about it or not, I guess I don't know, but um, I think that we're, a lot of times stories get boring because the writer wants to make everyone likable and to me as a listener i'm i like that he's it seems like you know he's kind of just telling the story the way he wants to tell it and um he also surprises us like for example like kelly early on when i was listening to her i was like oh my god this woman's unbearable <laughs> shut her up lock her up just throw her out of the apartment you know like um, but then, like, I came to really like her, and I really care about her now, you know, and... Um, Casey's got an amazing ability to do that, because I, I couldn't stand her for the longest time, <laughs> and now I look forward to hearing from her. Yeah, exactly, and so I think that, you know, I think that's what's exciting about um, writing now, you know, I think, like, you know, there's certain people who are getting that, I don't know if it's a trend, or I don't know, like, the whole anti-hero thing, and I don't know if he's exactly doing an anti-hero, but, you know, he's not... Um, He's not making everyone like like even Michael, who you know, to me listening, I was like, oh, he's obviously the protagonist, but he's he is, but he's you know, he's not perfect. You know, there's definitely times where you know you smack yourself in the forehead and you're like, Michael, why, why? <laughs> you know? And um, I think that's great because I think that's more truthful. I think, and um, I enjoy that. And even though right now. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it's just all the haters are on the forums, but I know that CJ is not very well liked right now. But I'm I'm curious to see what would happen, you know. And I don't I don't mind it because I know I mean I know that Casey has a plan, and I, I feel like he's always playing us exactly how he wants to play <laughs> us. Um, he has a plan, you know, and um, and I love that just how human I mean it's you know I think a lot of people have said this but like it's um it's a, you know I tell people oh I'm doing this show it's about a zombie apocalypse but you know it's so much more it's it's really about like a group of people um trying to deal with something I guess a group of people pushed to their limits both in every way personally because I feel like every single person has been tested you know as far as their character and, and who they are as a human being. And um, and it's about their relationships and, and trying to survive the best the way they know how. And and through it, you know, they're learning and changing and growing. And I think that's what's so interesting about the show to me. And I also really like, you know, the action and killing zombies and all that. <laughs> so that makes it more fun. Um, you know, but it's, you know, but at the core of it, you know, I think that what keeps me listening is, um, 
the development of the characters, you know, and because I've empathized with them and because I've grown to really um, care about what happens to them, you know, and I think that he does that very well. You know, what I, what I find awesome about it is that it really exposes raw human form, like raw human emotions and what people are really like. And I think he does it really well. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I think, like, um, something I've been reading in the forums a lot, you know, is um, CJ's just there for herself, you know what I mean? And, um, or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like they forget, you know, like, just to, what I've noticed that everyone has moments like that throughout the show and I think that's very human I think there was a point very early on when Bert was like um, screw you all I'm gonna go on my own you know <laughs> and he was gonna leave the apartment and he was like I don't care about you and you know Kalani obviously had that point of view when he first met these people and I think it's very human because I think like um, well I mean there are two I think there are different kinds of human beings obviously but you know when a tragedy happens there are people who are uh, very much just like I'm gonna get out of here you know you all can just you know you know whatever I just want to survive and that's it and there are other people who rush into the midst of ground zero or wherever to try to help you know and I think that's very interesting um, but I think that um, in a survival situation a lot of people um, but I don't think that makes people a bad person. And obviously, I think she has stayed around to help people. And she, she, you know, said that she, she really did care about um, Saul and Victor. And I think that's why she was so hurt by them, um, because she probably doesn't let people in very often. Um, and when she finally did, I think that you know that kind of thing impacts her, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, more than she, yeah. she lost her leg. And she got lied to. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I, I yeah. totally get it. I, I was really frustrated with CJ. Yeah. You know, during the, the first couple episodes of the new season. But in this latest episode, I found that kind of turned around on me. Because I like what she's doing with the colony. And she comes across as she cares. And that's Casey Whalen's talent again. It's Casey's ability to turn those characters around and make them likable again even if they frustrated the crap out of you forever yeah no i think i think that's it's very interesting and i, I think though um you know actually i was surprised maybe because i was so enmeshed with what cj's thing i didn't think people would be so upset and i know i mean i completely understand because you know she's splitting people up and throwing people out and all oh, that's pretty upsetting but um i guess i was you know just because i have to you know perform from her point of view i i guess i just focus on the fact that she was um betrayed and that i i think I think, you know, you know, when you lose a limb, it's a, it's a form of death, <laughs> you know, and there's that like denial <laughs> phase. And then there's that, I think she was in denial before the surgery. And then I think some part of that, was that grieving process uh, called, um, anyway, that one of the parts of the grieving process is anger. And I think she was um, angry. And I, I feel like, you know, whenever I've gone through a loss, you know, it's like, it may not be rational, it may not be right. But somehow, if you find out that someone was responsible for that particular loss, you're very angry, you know, <laughs> like even if like later on when you calm down, you're like, okay, I understand why that happened and whatever. <laughs> like, but at first you're just like, you know, screw you. <laughs> like, you know, like because you, the, the loss is still so raw. And I think that, you know, she probably went there, um, you know, she, she went to the colony knowing about Lizzie, but I think probably the reality of seeing the two of them together and 
you know, I think she had feelings for Saul, and I think sometimes the reality of that um, can burn more than the idea of it, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, it's sort of like the whole, like, you know, you break up with someone, you're like, oh, I'm over it, I'm over it, it's all fine, we're friends now, and then the minute you actually see them with their next, per the next, you know, person that they're with, you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's just like, you think you're over it, but then when you actually see it, it's just like, uh, knife to heart. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, I think if they did an episode where they were reading from a journal that belonged to CJ, I think that would really turn people's opinions around. Yeah, I think so. You know, um, cause I think like, you know, cause I've been as an actor, I, I'm always kind of working the backstory of who this person is and empathizing with them. Um, and when I listened, though, I realized that, you know, CJ was kind of introduced uh, as this random person, you know, and then she has this apartment and, um, yeah, so, and then she sends them on these missions and then next thing you know, she's like, all right, we're going to the colony and then she goes down, you know, and loses his <laughs> leg. And so, you know, pretty much. And then what happens after that? Oh, and then leg comes off and wow. So, you know, CJ's this person that you're introduced to um, in season three and you know she's she has she's very um you kind of get a glimpse into what happens what happened to her prior a little bit but then you launch you launch directly into a lot of action and missions and things like that and suddenly we're here and um it's not as uh you haven't seen her um necessarily fully befriend <laughs> anyone <laughs> and so i think that she's not quite um part of the group yet uh, yeah i see that people don't quite empathize with her yet so i think that it's it's um so it's, it's okay for me and i understand where she's coming from but i feel like because we haven't seen the the more human side of her aside from just go 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 <laughs> most of the episodes <laughs> um yeah but I, I i don't know i think i think we will perhaps <laughs> but um but you know either way i think that um i don't know what it is like for casey as a writer but you know for me as an actor, like you don't judge the character, you just tell a story. And for him, I'm sure he has a story that he has in mind and it's not about uh, necessarily, you know, everyone being likable. It's just, you know, she's she's she plays a part, you know, in whatever ultimately will happen. And so she's there for a reason, you know, and um, or she will be killed. <laughs> <laughs> and in that case, her, her purpose has been served, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, I was I was shocked at some of the deaths that happened, um, but I think that's what makes this uh, series also very exciting because you just never know, and um, and that keeps that keeps me listening. So <laughs> yeah, but I would be upset well, if I died. <laughs> Let me oh, just yes. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Something else Casey said just recently that kind of goes along with that is that uh, not every, not every story needs to be told mm -hmm. or. How did he phrase it? I'm messing it all up now, but <laughs> he said sometimes it's best not to tell all the story because that makes a, a better story, basically. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that there's some necessary loose ends that need to be resolved. Otherwise, people will feel robbed. <laughs> you know? I was like, I've been listening to this and I never found out what happened. You know, that would be upsetting. But I also think that in the literature and, you know, stories that, you know, that I like, that there's there's what keeps me going back to some of those books is like there's something mysterious that you know just um 
you know, this is coming to my mind right now, and I don't know if the best <laughs> example, but like Harry Potter, like a lot of stuff is resolved, but there's like a few, just some like magic to that world that like I will never fully understand, you know? Oh yeah, I totally get that. And I like that because and then I feel like it's a world that, that in my imagination that I want to go back to and explore. But like if everything is spelled out and it's just, you know, because I do think that our imagination sometimes it actually is better than, um, you know, I don't know. It's just like, or maybe, maybe it's our imaginations or the fact that we keep going back to it and thinking, oh, what if it was this? And what if it was that? You know, but it just can't be anything too big. It can't be like, I, I mean, I hope, because I really want to know personally, like, what, where the heck do these zombies come from? And how yes. are they evolving, you know, like, and becoming smarter? And who the heck is that man in the pinstripe suit? Like, <laughs> I want to know. Casey, if you're listening, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if we get to the Yeah, end, he's already started us down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Why not kind of finish it up? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, he started this. So like, I mean, those are the big things. Like for me, I mean, I don't need to know everything. I would feel really kind of mad <laughs> if I don't know. And I would have to like go to Casey's house and be like, okay, Casey. So tell me what you were thinking. Because <laughs> I got to know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We, I just have a few more, and then we'll kind of yeah, tie this up. But uh, I forgot to ask early on before we start talking about we're alive. But what are some of your passions? You know, what what drives you oh, okay. to do what you do? Yeah. Oh, I wanted to redo that part because I was so like when I first started talking, I didn't know what to say. I felt like I was like doing some kind of weird ad about myself. Like, hi. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, like me. I mean, I'm. What are my passions? Um, uh, that's a great question. I'm. What am I passionate about? I'm really passionate about um, truth. Um, I'm really passionate about. <laughs> sounds so esoteric and like uh, truth. No, but um, I don't know. Like I feel like that's what motivates me. Um, I want to try to understand things um, about people and life. And I know there are many ways of going about that, but for me, it happened to be come in, in the form of um, art. I think that's why I act, and I think that's why I write and want to make films. Um, I think for me, it's it's about, I'm fascinated by people. And when I, when I get to be other people, I get to understand other people. And I also understand <laughs> the very questions you asked me, you know, what we have in common. And it also um, is, is just, I don't know, and what I write too. It's like sometimes I write about what I know, but a lot of times I write about what I want to understand, you know, because it's in that through that creative process that I really understand people who um, do things that I can't understand, you know. But through but through this process, you know, I I feel like there's like a a level of knowledge that I'm able to to touch, you know, and um, I enjoy that, and I. I love knowledge. I, I think that's another thing that I'm, you know, just geek out about. I, I love stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this is really weird, but like, I get so excited <laughs> when I am. Two things that get me like ridiculously excited. Well, maybe three things. Okay. So one of which is like going to libraries. Like ever since I was a kid, I get incredibly excited. Like I go in there and like literally my heart is pounding and I almost have like a, a knot in my stomach. and. Like, it, it feels like um, I had this feeling again once when I had a big crush on someone 
you know, like this almost like you can't even breathe because you're so excited and you're so infatuated. And that's how I feel around books. Like every time. That's awesome. It is like, like I'm like such a nerd, but like I like, and I, I'm, I'm nervous and I'm excited. And I almost like, it, it's like all those, um, if you read like the symptoms of what happens to someone when they're nervous or excited, like physiologically, like all of that happens. And it's almost a problem because sometimes I just want to read, but I'm so excited <laughs> that it's hard for me to like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of funny and um, awesome and also uh, a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the other thing I'm really excited about is um, space. <laughs> I love space. <laughs> like, um, I'm not necessarily like a sci-fi fan, but like, I love spatial, like any, okay, so if I get to go, like one of the reasons I love camping is because I can go in the middle of nowhere and there's no lights and I can actually see the stars. And because I mostly live in cities, yes. like, I'm like, ah, oh, like, it's so amazing. Like I was just in Big Sur uh, about a week ago and I got to see the moon set over the ocean. Oh, wow. For the first time in my life, I've never seen that. Cause I guess maybe cause I live out, I lived out East and, but it was like, I didn't realize that the moon turned so orange and it was just so awesome. And then after the moon set, it was like 4.30 in the morning and I could see like all the stars, you know, like the little itty bitty stars in between all the constellations that you never get to see like when you're in the suburbs <laughs> or in the city. With all the light pollution. And... Yeah, and so I love, I love the stars. I'm just like a, I'm just like a nice, nice, you know, kind of person. I love all that stuff. Like, um, and I love nature. And so that was like amazing for me. But, um, but every year I go to a space show. I try to go at least once a year, sometimes usually around my birthday sometimes on my birthday and even if there's no one to go with me I will go on myself to a planetarium and watch a space show because I really like watching like um like okay so my favorite space show okay this is getting a little long but like um, oh it's cool cosmic collision narrated by Robert Redford and I went to see it three times um, at the natural history museum yeah yeah and um <laughs> like it was so awesome because you know there's that pretty thing like oh twinkling stars it's so beautiful and then <laughs> they show you like how the universe came to be and you like all these stars and just like getting born explosions comets like it colliding into each other and, 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 and you know, asteroids bombarding um, the, the moon into this fiery ball of fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's so exciting to me. I love it. I'm passionate about that. And, um, you know, I yeah. think for a lot of people that listen to the show, I think you're, they're going to, they're going to love you even more now. That's so awesome. And Mick that does the show with me, oh, yeah. he, he's real big into astronomy and the whole space exploration and he, he he actually went to space camp when he was a kid really <laughs> yeah so he's gonna hate that he missed this dude i mean this it's like for me it's just like well the idea that we're just one little speck in the universe you just want to know like what's out there oh my god okay this is the other thing i'm oh, of space like the, the thing that i'm still really really excited about is neutrinos Okay, neutrinos. Let me just say neutrinos. <laughs> so, and you know, this is this idea of these like little itty bitty particles that are like um, that have existed. This is the thing that excites me about. They have existed 
not since the Big Bang, but they believe they existed pre-Big Bang. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's exciting to me. I'm just like, what is it? Where did it come from? What does it mean? <laughs> oh, I don't know. So Sometimes cool. I feel like um, there's, there's something, um, and this is getting spiritual, and it, but like to me, I feel like science and spirituality go hand in hand. And I know some people will be like, no, it doesn't. But it's like for me, like when I learn more about these amazing things that happen in the universe, I feel like I'm closer to some kind of spiritual truth. <laughs> I, I, I feel the same way. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what this is what it's all about. And and um and, and I know that science a lot of times answers how and not why. But that imagination kicks in and I have this whole like, oh maybe maybe this means this and you know and um and actually this was in, in uh, way back in high school. I would sit in high, uh, physics class and I would have these poetic explosions in my head. Like, I'm a writer, you know, but like some of these concepts in physics is like, oh my God, that is so spiritual, you know, and like amazing and poetic. And, um, and the funny thing is like, uh, because I'm really into reading about various spiritualities and religions, but a lot of this stuff is kind of mirrored in biblical texts, in Buddhist, um, you know, sutras, like, it's amazing. I don't want to get into too much, and I don't want to, you know, go into the whole thing, but, like, but, you know, and then, but, you know, removing, you know, the, the man-made spirituality part of it, you know, which is our expression, you know, our writings and whatnot, but, like, just the thought of some of these things, like, you know, it's just, like, it just fills me with wonder and excitement and a feeling that there is, you know, something greater than myself and some kind of magical thing you know and and that makes me happy (laughs) (laughs) and and you know and I feel like you know so through science I I, I get to catch that a little bit you know and through acting and through writing and 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 I feel like I'm able to experience that in some way because I think that um oh this is getting oh my god but like there's this um I was listening to this old lecture from a long time ago um from this this man who's talking about spirituality um, and he was talking about um, how like Lao Tzu who wrote like the Tao um, so, uh, and he was talking about how when you really immerse yourself in anything that there's a certain Tao or flow of it and in there is where you find kind of God you know what I mean or, or spirituality and and I think that's probably I think you know for me that happens to be through things I'm passionate about and and I'm sure you know that's how people feel about whatever they're passionate about and um yeah <laughs> that is <laughs> so awesome though <laughs> that's the way I feel about a lot of things and and, and just to kind of go in that direction with you I, I believe that you know science itself but really physics and mathematics or our gifts from God, and and those are the closest we're gonna have to an inside view to our why and how we're here. Yeah, well, I mean, that, and I mean, I think that's one aspect of it, and I completely agree with you. And I also feel like what's interesting to me about human dynamics too, because even though um, human dynamics, you can say, oh, that's so worldly, but like, there is a certain. Um, I think that's why I'm interested in, in people when I talk about like when I, I'm acting and writing, I'm really interested in characters. Because, um, you know, I think if you if you look at that and you start understanding that certain archetypes have been uh, repeating itself throughout the history of time and stories, you wonder what that's about, you know. And I think there's a certain 
window into something greater there as well. And um, that's also very exciting to me. Um, so yeah, but I think that everything in the world, if you really delve into it, there's, there's a point where, okay, so I think someone wants, uh, what does this come from? Uh, I, I didn't say this. I know I didn't say this. I mean, this came from someone <laughs> really brilliant, but it's like, um, they said man, okay, so man is ignorant and then man has some knowledge and you think that you know everything, but they actually haven't even begin to break out of the box that they're in, um, that. It's like, you know, sometimes you feel like you know everything and that's the that's it. And you're like, okay, I know everything and there's no more to this world than what I've learned because I'm so smart and I've learned, you know, all the science. <laughs> but then what I really feel like the greatest scientists, the greatest thinkers, inventors, artists, you, you push out to like a certain point and you're like, holy crap. I know nothing, <laughs> you know, and that there's so much more beauty and complexity and mystery yet, you know, yet to understand and just to discover. And I think that it's such a wonderful thing to constantly be, you know, pushing towards those boundaries of what we know. And, um, and yeah, <laughs> that's who I am and all the things I'm passionate about and, um, well, yeah. I, I really think it's cool that you you like camping in the outdoors. Oh, I, yeah. That that's a that's a favorite pastime of of Mick and I. We we go out a lot. We're actually starting a a web a web series. Really. This uh, fall, we're gonna go out and film like survival scenarios. That is so awesome. Oh yeah, no. So, so like this is um you know when you were asking me what I had in common with CJ like so I mean I am not CJ level survivalist but I I do have that in the back of my head and I don't know if it's a weird of me the one thing and this is actually even before like I got this goal but like I um I started this bag in my car, like of just random things. I'll put in there some food, flashlights, and like you know, just random survival things. And it's not complete by by any means, but like. And I tell my uh, fiance, and I tell him, uh, you know, this is for you know, I, I'm gonna add this to my survival pack. And he's like, survival pack? What's up? For? I'm like, you know, when the apocalypse happens. <laughs> I'm half joking, but I'm half. I'm kind of serious. <laughs> Well, you know, it's so awesome to hear someone else say it because a lot of the things that get labeled as crazy nowadays are this, we're second nature to things that are for our grandparents and their parents, you know, like storing extra food in the yeah, house and not no, go I to mean, the grocery store every day. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I mean, I try not to be too nutty about it or I, I cause I feel like that's a point where you can get really negative. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. But, but I mean, but I think it's kind of, for me, it's fun. I mean, it's fun to think about these scenarios. <laughs> and, yes, me too. <laughs> um, I mean, so it gives me joy in a weird way, and also, also it's great. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't really had any apocalyptic situation come up, but I will tell you that I had an ice pack in my car, and someone got injured, and I was like, oh, I have an ice pack. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you know, we were somewhere, and there were mosquitoes, and we had. <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not. But I really, I, I feel, I like feeling useful. And, and you know, <laughs> it's good to know that if anything happened, um, I have some tools and it makes me happy. And no, I also, I, I don't know why it gives me joy, but like, um, you know, I, I go car camping a lot. But my, one of my best camping trips was um, not a car camping trip. I actually had a kayak um, to this island 
camp. And that was so cool because all I could bring is whatever fit in the wet pack, which is not very much. You know, it's like the size of one backpack. And that was like that plus my tent and that's all I got, you know? So um, it was actually really fun because <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like looking up the stuff. Like there's like uh, for camping, there's, um, I don't know, what is it called? Ounce counting where people literally weigh every single thing that they bring with them to make sure yeah, that- they, they, they sometimes refer to them as uh, gram weenies. Okay, okay. What, what is it called? I'm sorry, what? Gram weenies? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's awesome though, but it made sense because like after we kayaked there, I had to carry all the stuff onto a cliff, you know? So like, <laughs> I mean, you really didn't want anything heavy and I just brought like bare minimum, figured out like what was like the most lightweight, but um, lightweight food that was going to be uh, somehow uh, sustenance <laughs> for a few days, you know? And I, I don't know, I know some people are like, why do you do that to yourself? And I'm like, I don't know, because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> the, yeah. You know, the thing I like about I, I like trying to figure out how to make that work. You know, the least amount of stuff, but still be able to enjoy my time. It's like a puzzle, and I, I just yeah. I have fun with it. No, I, I like that, and I think that's why I totally get where Stitchy's uh, coming from. And I think that she kind of gets off on that. I think she enjoys that, because I enjoy it. And, um, yeah, so, you know, but I, I hope people are easy on her. I don't know. I think she's just, I, I don't know. I think maybe they just haven't really explored her um, as a person as much fully as um, some of the others. I mean, she did come in in season three, so, you know, at this point, after for how long he's been on the show at that point I was still hating Kelly you know for a while <laughs> but um, but now I love her and um, but yeah I think that you know I think she's just trying to survive the best way she knows how I think that she's probably um, someone who isn't that trusting and had to ha became that way for a reason um, I mean you have to realize I mean I think about the fact that she prior to the most recent betrayal which wasn't you know I mean, we also understand where the other two were coming from, but like where she came from, when that, you know, fell apart, it was also because someone, you know, betrayed I don't know. Them. Yeah, someone betrayed them. So I think that when you have experiences like that, you you are a lot more um, calculating and thinking about who you can trust and you kind of keep people on the outside. But I think that she is, I think she's, she's a very interesting character to me. On one hand, she's super controlled. On the other hand, I think inside of her, she deeply cares about people and is emotional because otherwise she wouldn't have reacted the way she did, you know? Um, and so I think that um, I can understand that dynamic, you know, I can understand. Um, I think the people who are the most guarded, I think sometimes when you get past that, you realize just how gooey they are on the inside, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and how, how vulnerable, or fra I'm not, I'm not say fragile, but just like, um, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure if it's right, but I mean, feel like the people I, 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 I make a lot of decisions based self and also others around me, but I found that some people who are super guarded, um, they're that way because they're so actually sensitive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like sometimes they, they're kind of hard, you know, but they're, when you actually get to know them, they're actually so, um, so feeling. <laughs> and that's why, they, that's why they act so unfeeling. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. it's kind of a wall they put up. Yeah, the wall they put up, and and you're lucky if you get past that wall. But if you get past that wall and you hurt them, um, they're just it's just, it's not good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I know we've been going for a little bit long, but man, you've had some really awesome things to talk about. Yeah. And things I didn't know about before, so it's <laughs> very enlightening. Yeah. But uh, do you think you'll do any more audio dramas after this series is over? I would 
would love to. I would absolutely love to. I mean, I don't really know what's out there, but if, you know, if anyone contacted me and it was, you know, a, a good script and I had the time to do it, you know, I would, I, I love it. You know, I love it because um, there's something about, um, I love the medium. I never realized how much I would like the medium, but like it because it allows us, the listeners, to imagine so much. And as an actor, I feel like you know it's always a challenge to express everything just through your voice, you know. And I find that very fascinating. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm totally game. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. And, I hope you get that out too. Of course. (laughs) So, do you have any shout outs or anything that you want to put out? Shout outs? What do you mean? Like saying like hi to people or (laughs) or or any shows you have coming up that you want to let people know about? Oh, um, people. No. Wow. I should really use this moment and say, let me like let me think about like like go through my little. Well, I'm I'm actually working on my own thing right now. I'm actually I don't want to talk about it because I'm not ready. But like I'm, I'm also a writer, so I'm. I'm, I will let you know when that's ready to go. But um, I'm I'm excited about creating something, and so I will let you know about that. Um, but I don't have any upcoming show yet, um, and I just hope that everyone keeps listening. And um, yeah, um, <laughs> thank you so well, much Jeff, for having me on this. I feel like there's Jeff, something else I want to say, but I can't even think of what what it is. I've just talked for so long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, definitely keep us posted, and we'll help put the word out. Okay, I will. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess shout out wise, I, uh, I guess I, I want to do a shout out to the fans. How do I, I just, I love our fans. You know, I love them even when they hate me. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I just, I, it's so awesome to have such a dedicated group of listeners and people who really care, you know, really care about, you know, the story and what's happening and just what will happen. And it's just been, you know, such a ride being a part of all of this and, um, and knowing that there's all these people who are listening and really, really um, love the story and care to listen. And that's just been awesome. And uh, I also think we get a certain kind of listener or kinds of listeners. I'm not saying everyone's the same, but, and, and I like them. <laughs> so, <you know? laughs> yeah. so um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. So shout out to all the fans and all the listeners. And I really hope that, I know Casey is moving on to something else, but I feel like he's written something so awesome. I really hope that maybe he can do something else with that. I'm not sure why, um, but you know, that's I guess yeah, a whole other, <laughs> a whole other endeavor, and that I'm I'm sure he wants to, um, you know, write other stories too. <laughs> so, well, he put yeah. out on Twitter something yeah. about another story he's working on that he's been working on since before we're alive. That's awesome. Yeah. And he, he basically said that it'd be another year before he lets any information out. No, I think so. I think that when you're developing something, it's best to kind of um, keep that under wraps just because I feel like for, well, I don't know about him, but for my own creative process, sometimes when you talk about something too much, it kind of dies <laughs> before it lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of yeah, need that incubation phase where it's just you're you know playing with things, figuring it out, letting it grow and develop and whatnot. And so I'm, I'm excited to see whatever he does next because this has been so great. Um, yeah, and I, I just, um, and you know, okay, this is really, okay, thinking about speaking, Casey, like, <laughs> I haven't said this to him, but like, so listening to We're Alive, I feel like, I have to say, like, I wonder what's going on inside Casey's head. What <laughs> 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 is this man thinking? <laughs> you know, I mean, because some of the things he comes up with, I was just like, what person would write this? 
And I really want to like ask him some questions, but like I've been holding off because I I feel like as an actor, sometimes I don't want to know too much. I mean, I want to know more, but I also don't want to know too much. And I feel like he knows what what to let me know, and so I, I'm fine with that. But I am so curious when this is all over to like ask him some things, you know. <laughs> and we can do a, you know one of these interviews together because I'm like I'm ready. I'm ready to ask you some questions.